Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Agents of Mace. Today, you have me, Drew, Elisa, and Luke. That makes it sound like there's four of us. There's only three of us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Today, we're going to be breaking down Loki episode three. Oh, my goodness. It was kind of short, but I think there was some cool stuff going on this week. Uh, So we'll just jump straight in. Um, First of all, uh, call back from last week. Sylvie is very obviously the Enchantress. Um, I don't know if you... want to make sure that was known. Yeah. I don't know if you saw, but uh, I had been posting uh, on a couple different Marvel boards on Facebook and was just like, oh, who else thinks that Lady Loki may be the Enchantress? And I got so many replies that were just like, uh, duh, she's listed in the credits as Sylvie. And I was like, oh, I didn't... I didn't okay. pay attention. <laughs> yeah. Totally missed that on my end too. If that was if that was from episode two. Yeah. That they listed her like that. Um, I looked in the credits and I didn't see where they gave her a name aside from just listing the actress. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, then maybe I've got some people to respond to on Facebook. <laughs> but Or maybe well, it was we- from <laughs> the credits after it pops up. It's like, oh hey, do you want to watch the Falcon and the Winter Soldier? <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm watching the credits. Well, well, we nah. What we should do is one of us needs to go back to episode two, go to the credits, find where her name is, and screenshot it, so we can either own up to like, yeah, we totally missed that, or it's not there. <laughs> like it back. makes sense if it's on three, right? Right. Um, well, yeah. Now because, she has a name. You know, it's kind of like it's known. So like I, you know, on Marvel's end, Disney's end, it makes sense to kind of like note that there going forward. But yeah. But I did, so so that was like, I don't know, that was like the most, all right, cool. We just got, boom, knock that out of the way. Um, apart from that, I feel like this episode seemed like a filler episode. Like the story, I feel like, didn't progress very much. They just, 
I feel like I'm the opposite on that. Everyone's calling this, oh, this is just a filler episode, blah, 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 complaining like six episodes, there should be no fillers. And I'm like, to me, this actually pushes the story forward. I mean, they're not just kind of focused, you know, just with what's going on at TVA. But, you know, now like we have these two characters together and they're on a whole nother, you know, planet and time. And it's just kind of, to me, that's moving it forward. Yes, it was very repetitive. It was like, if you're like a comic fan and you're watching the series, there's so many nods and references. Like you, by this point, by episode three, you already know. So it does in some ways it does kind of feel like, yeah, for like the normal viewing, they're catching them up. Everyone else is kind of like that's, I can see that being the bummer. Like maybe that's the filler port on it. Like, yeah, we already, we already know this is this. Right. Um, no need to tell us, but for everyone else, they kind of need to know. Yeah, I just felt like this whole episode seemed like the first half of a normal episode. Like, yeah. they they didn't really explain why, we're just going to call her the Enchantress, why the Enchantress is mad at the Time Keepers. We just, we already knew that, and so that didn't explain anything. The only thing that I feel like came out of it that I was like, oh, that's good information was when she explains that the people like the hunter that she interrogated used to be a human. And and doesn't maybe doesn't know that she used to be a human. I felt like that was pertinent information. Oh, yeah, that was huge. What are you going to say, Elisa? I was just going to say that it uh, it shows that. We were basically right last week whenever we said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, yay, validation. <laughs> um, We did get some hints as to why Sylvie might be doing what she's doing because she said that she's been chased her whole life by the TVA. So part of it is probably just self-preservation. She's tired of running mm-hmm. from them. And so she's just, I guess, going to blow them up. <laughs> blow up the timeline. <laughs> Could be that. That's such like an easy uh, reason. You know what I mean? Like, I want more. Yeah. I want more reason. Yeah. Well, I mean, I still think uh, the way that I did last week, where she's trying to create a multiverse because variants deserve to live out their own storylines. And also, since she knows that the people at the TVA are variants who have basically been taken probably against their will since they don't remember anything from their lives. Uh, She's probably trying to take the TVA's control away and make it to where the sacred timeline is not the only timeline and enable the multiverse. That's what I'm still thinking. I mean, again, I I reserve the right to be very wrong next week. Next week (laughs) is episode four, which we know is supposed to take us into new territory. Yeah. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm still right now. I'm still kind of feeling that one. Okay, I could see it being um, kind of kind of what we talked about early on, where Sylvie, you know, Sylvie maybe as a child encounters Loki and is given the powers. You know, Loki's able to transfer powers in some way. Could be old man Loki. Could be the Loki that she knows is aware of now, because she says she's been working on this for years. So. Is it a mission from some version of Loki like you need to stop the TVA or you need to stop the timekeepers from doing X, Y, Z given powers and 
now it's years and years and years of kind of planning and prepping to get to this moment to get to the timekeepers. That could be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I see, I feel like there are so many cool things that we could have learned this episode that we didn't, <laughs> that just kind of got put to the side for this like, like comedy of w- errors that led them <laughs> to this train scene. Right. Or even the planet, like why, why this specific planet? Why this specific year? Mm. It does say that it was one of the apocalypses saved on her tempad. Yeah. And so Loki just hit a mm-hmm. button and it took them yeah. there. So it's semi-random, but also not because it is an apocalypse where she can hide. <laughs> well, I also... It's the worst one. She's like, it's the worst one that saved on my tempad and you're... You- Booped that one. Yeah, how convenient. <laughs> uh, I thought it was funny that, so like when Loki makes his daggers like appear and disappear, and then he made the Tim pad disappear, and then it turned out it was just like in his back pocket, and so it got <laughs> yeah. crushed when he fell out of the train. That's all I could think is like, okay, well, if that's just in his back pocket, where are his daggers? Like, if he right. falls wrong, could they just stab him because they're like <laughs> hidden in his sleeves? That seemed, yeah. that seemed very, um, I don't know. It was weird that they just made it like, yeah, (laughs) it's very weird. And it's all, it's, it's, this is one of those like joking moments. Like, is he able to reproduce another one that's broken, like a clone of it or whatever? Mm -hmm. So he actually still has the real one. He just wants to play this out and see what happens. (laughs) Well, it's weird too, that like it it was out of charge. So Mm -hmm. like did Sylvie went into the TVA to theoretically destroy it and she didn't charge the Tim pad before she went. So it only had one charge in it. That seems that thing's a little, yeah, that, that whole concept's a little weird. I guess, you know, I guess it makes sense with technology today with phones. Everything has like a battery, basically mm-hmm. everything has a limit, but it's interesting. Like, I guess it kind of shows like the tech because we comment like the tech they use looks dated, mm-hmm. but they feel so futuristic. Right. Right. So you'd almost think like this, these things will just last forever. They have something that can literally create a doorway through space and time, yeah. but it runs on like a lithium ion battery. <laughs> like, <laughs> and we still never really learned how to charge it. Like that, I felt like that was where the whole episode was going. We were going to be like, oh, they have to use this massive power source. And she just kept saying that. But it was like, well, what do you do when you get there? You plug it in? Plug it in. (laughs) (laughs) One of the very first notes that I made was kind of tied to uh, the Tim pad because I said that this is the Doctor Whoist Doctor Who episode that they've done so far. Because it starts with them winding up somewhere dangerous because their time traveling equipment malfunctioned. That is the beginning of like half of Doctor Who episodes. They're like, oh no, we weren't supposed to be going here. We're supposed to be going to see Queen in 1978. But then they wind up in the apocalypse. It happens <laughs> over and over and over again. It isn't the the director or the head writer of this episode um heavy on Doctor Who? Oh, I don't know. I I remember I that I this something. one was this one was uh I think this was one of the girls on the writing stuff who wrote this one too, and I cannot remember her name, but I I don't know anything about her. She could be. I mean, it would make a lot of sense because again, it's very very Doctor Who-y. <laughs> I thought I saw that somewhere. Someone referenced that, like, oh yeah, the head writer 
um, also writes for Doctor Who, so that's why like you're going to get a lot of that vibe from this. Maybe so. But yeah, we'll a lot look, of the we'll same story beats. Like the Doctor has this really deep conversation with somebody who's having a personal crisis in a lot of these episodes. And so in this one, it's <laughs> Loki and Sylvie. <laughs> like, let's get to know each other. Do we have to? The world is ending. <laughs> Oh, and of course, something shady is going on that goes all the way up to the top because, you know, the rich people are getting on the arc and everybody else isn't. And they notice that. But if it was a Doctor Who episode, they would have stopped it instead of also probably dying or, you know, them dying at the end of this one. Uh, we'll see. You, we'll see you, next week. Have you seen that movie Snowpiercer? <laughs> yes. That's what I that's all I could think about when they got on the train and it was just all the rich people on the train. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's like Snowpiercer. Like, here's this wealthy class that gets to be on this fancy train that protects everybody well they just let everyone else die mm-hmm. but nobody but got all... their arm frozen off in this episode so that's good true well it was weird that there's like this mine planet right like that's essentially all this planet was was a lament was a mining planet or whatever and uh but then there's all these rich people that like what they just live where do they live in oh they own them on yeah i guess but i feel like if you're all so rich would you just live kentucky people <laughs> They work in the mine. Live on a different planet. Why would you live there? I don't know. That was weird. Maybe they didn't know the moon was going to crash into them, or the planet. Sorry, the planet is crashing into a moon. That's yeah. right. Right. We're yeah. on. We're mining the moon, and a mm-hmm. planet is crashing them. Yeah. Okay. I think <laughs> I'll that caught was it. it. I don't, yeah, I don't think it was anything. Um, Lamentus. I did get some very like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy vibes when they first went outside and there were all the like purple streaks like hitting the mm-hmm. ground it, it felt very uh, power stone esque yeah <laughs> okay i love the i love the color palette in this episode it's my favorite one so mm. far everything's just like purpley and neon and just right. the lighting is glorious and they're i just want to like green. frame a bunch of them yeah Oh, well, he's he's wearing he's wearing his like little business suit, and whenever he finally took his jacket off in this, I was like, "It's a much nicer suit without the jacket. You should just mm-hmm. chuck the jacket. It's not a good color for you. It's not a good fit. It looks like Carhartt for some reason. There's no explanation as to why it's that ugly. What's well, like I, the, I only like noticed it was tech. ugly when he took it off. <laughs> it's like their tech. It's just so dated. Like. It's yeah, for the aesthetic. Yeah, it's like a '70s FBI agent jacket. Yes, he's going to go. It's uh, what's that show on Netflix? It's uh, Mindhunter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is Marvel's Kinda, Mindhunter. The whole like design and vibe of this place they're at was giving me like some Total Recall vibes, like the the mm-hmm. Arnold version. Mm-hmm. Especially the town that. when they get there, it's just like mm-hmm. all neon yeah. lights and stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of old movies, um, I don't know if you guys are old movie buffs like me, but <laughs> there was a cool Aliens reference uh, in this episode when they're getting on the train, the two like soldiers or whatever uh, guards at the front of the train mm-hmm. are Corporal Hicks and Private Hudson, which are two, Hicks and totally Hudson are two of the characters in Alien. That. How um, did I miss that? I need to go back and screenshot that. I, That's incredible. I only knew it because when they said Hudson and I was like, oh, Hudson, like an alien. <laughs> and then I think it was the second time I watched the episode. I was like, oh, Hicks and Hudson. Okay. Aliens reference. Cool. Yeah. Um, I thought that was kind of neat. There, There is a quote 
that Sylvie says in this, and I'm, I think it's been used a lot, but I'm trying to figure out where I first heard it. And it's when they, they get on the train and they sit down and she says, uh, she has to like switch with Loki or something. She says, I don't sit with my back to the door. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or either of you familiar with that reference? Mm-mm. I want to say it's from a Western movie. I'm trying to remember, but the whole is concept is... Is it from Tombstone? Is, maybe it is from Tombstone. The whole concept is, uh, is, is um, I never sit with my back to the door because if, if someone's going to come and shoot me, I want to see them. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to be shot in the back. Right, right. And maybe it was Tombstone. I kind of... Because ever since I heard that, because I heard this when I was much younger, but like when I go out to eat at a restaurant, I never sit with my back to the door. <laughs> I always sit facing the door because it's just like, if someone was going to come after me, I don't want to see. <laughs> I feel like there were a lot of like one liners in this episode that like reference things. I mean, even when, uh, mm-hmm. when Loki smashes the glass and he's like another, and I was like, Oh, good, <laughs> yeah. good Thor yep. reference. Well, but it, it seemed like a lot of them didn't really have anything to do with the episode itself. It was just like these fun little one liners Mm-hmm. one-liner references and so that was one of those ones too where she was like i don't sit with my back to a door and then he looks both ways and he's like well there's two doors and then they just <laughs> they just moved past it yeah like she didn't even sit with her back to like the window so she could see both doors she just stayed in the same spot so i was like what was the point of telling us that and then you didn't change anyway <laughs> yeah i think uh, just a nod to a uh, character in a movie I did like their the guard outfits too. I thought those were kind of cool, except he immediately has his hood up or the, whatever the mask is up when none of the other was, guards are like that. You don't see that for a while. Yeah, and like then, all the initial guards he's walking past all have their their face masked down. Yeah, and I was like, aren't so you trying to was... hide? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't it make more sense to hide your face? I just <laughs> he's too proud of his face. He's got to show it whenever he can. True. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And at this point, I think he just doesn't care. <laughs> That's just Loki's style. Like, you know. Although I mean, the doctor could have gotten past that part when they asked for the tickets. Because he just had a, a psychic paper and be like, oh, these are our tickets. And I was like, why can't Loki just conjure something to get in? But maybe if he doesn't know what they look like, that's why he can't just be like, oh, I can make fireworks, but I, I can't make yeah, tickets. I thought that too. Yeah. Because <laughs> we never actually saw the tickets, right? Mm. I, yeah, never I don't think so. The people in front of him had to present tickets, so it's weird that mm-hmm. he wouldn't have just looked at yeah. them, or just like pickpocketed, you know, yeah. or something. But it's also weird he didn't take when he when he changed his outfit into a guard, he didn't transform into a guard. You know what I mean? He was still just Loki. Mm-hmm. He just had on a guard's outfit, and I was like, well, that's weird too. Like, why wouldn't you transform into a guard that they would have recognized? Yeah. So to that note, going right before that, when um. They go to the little house, like in the middle of the field, mm-hmm. and all he does is just look at the photo, and then he's able to transform into that person completely. So, like, why didn't he do that later on? Yeah. Well, and yeah, how did he know that guy's voice? <laughs> and and the voice change and everything. Yeah. It just seems like his powers are kind of they're they're like honing them in. They're like figuring it's, out it like, what kind of powers <laughs> they want him to have. Hit and miss type of deal. But that brings up what. Is Sylvie as powerful as Loki? Because so far she hasn't shown a whole lot of range in what she can do. We see her enchant people, and that's basically mm-hmm. it. And she says that she's self-taught, 
in this episode, which I'm sure that we'll learn more about how self-taught she is as we keep going. Mm -hmm. Um, But for them to be so uh, concerned about her and the things that she can do so far, she hasn't demonstrated that she is even close to rivaling him in her abilities. Mm-hmm. And also, we don't know what she is. They talked a little bit about her, like, life before all of this. Mm-hmm. And, like, we don't even know if she's Asgardian or a Jotun or a human or what she is. Like, and they keep saying, like, what makes a Loki a Loki? Like, how Loki is she? What are the parallels here? How does she count as a Loki? Right. These are questions. Yeah. I, was, I was reading up on, on Sylvie just from the Marvel Comics, you know, concept. And it's like. I like as guarding its throne, but Sylvie, the Sylvie version of Enchantress, was trained by Loki. So that my mind keeps wanting to stick there, but yeah, I totally forgot the note that she trained herself. So that kind of defuncts my theory. Like, <laughs> if she's self-trained, like, what would trigger that? Like, what? Yeah, like we need we need a backstory episode. She yeah. could just be lying. Or that, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's like, what yeah, I taught myself <laughs> when she yeah, that's what I was thinking, because when she when he calls her Loki and she's like, don't call me Loki. I think that was an episode, too. But um, it seemed like a very harsh, like snap back reaction. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like maybe the Loki that trained her was kind of like a. Loki probably like <laughs> trained her and then stabbed her in the back. And so she's not a huge Loki fan um, and so like maybe that's where it comes from like maybe he did train her but she doesn't want to acknowledge that because I thought that too but especially because okay Loki's the god of mischief and he's so powerful and we see that a bunch like not only now can he do his transform magic and he can like whatever conjure things and make them disappear but he can shoot the fireworks from his hand which like that's a cool trick but he can also mm-hmm. like blast green magic energy at people which he does twice in this episode and just like demolishes people with these energy blasts. So it's weird that he has to ask her how enchanting works. Mm -hmm. If she was self self taught or taught by another Loki, it would seem like that's something that he should be able to do as well. Like it doesn't seem like a, it doesn't seem like a complex magic Mm -hmm. as you know, here we are, here we are talking about this like magic surreal thing and we're like, (laughs) Oh, this is easy magic. But no, oh, I did that yesterday. <laughs> no big deal. Yeah, yeah. It just seems like she's like, I have to touch them and then I can control their mind. And it's like, well, I mean, he kind of does that in Avengers mm-hmm. with the staff. And I know he has like helped with the power of the, the stone or mm-hmm. whatever, but right. it just seems like, isn't that a magic that you kind of think Loki might know how to do as well? Maybe not as well as she does or something, but yeah, it's kind of like, they're just playing with each other. Mm-hmm. They're well, they're both got they've got to be holding back, you know. In in Ragnarok, though, he gets into Valkyrie's mind, like he puts his hand on her head and is able to see her memory of whenever they were fighting Hela. Yeah, and yeah. so maybe maybe he can do like like mind magic, but he just doesn't very often because it's weird. <laughs> I I yeah I just. It just seems like a magic that Loki would know. So it's weird. that, And again, it, it could just be him trying to like dig into her past. Right. Or like find out more about her. So he's like, hey, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. But 
I don't know. I feel like they're they're just trying to figure out how powerful they want both of them to be because yeah. we see her like in the first couple episodes enchantress i mean she's like killing tva agents left and right she's she, mind controlling like an entire store worth of people but then <laughs> we get here and it's like she can barely hold her own in these fights and like loki has to he almost saves her i guess he never really saves her but he has to like almost save her especially when like the i don't know when she's like being held by the guard it's like you're mm-hmm. touching him if that's your power, you just have to be touching someone. You can enchant them. Well, what are we doing? Why are you wasting time punching people? You could just mm. touch all of them and be like, stop fighting, stop fighting, stop fighting. Just make them fight each other. Yeah. She likes to fight people. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I do think drunk oh, no. Loki or full Loki uh, was that was <laughs> yes. a fun, fun little thing they threw in there. But again, it's weird because it's like, isn't that Thor's whole thing? Is that like he he can drink so much because he's as guardian. So he doesn't mm-hmm. get drunk that easy. So wouldn't that kind of translate to Loki? Like how much did he drink to get drunk? He drank drunk? all of it. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed this, uh, this scene too. He takes everybody's champagne, does like <laughs> pairings with, uh, it looked like maybe cheese. Oh. Like was it a cheese thing? <laughs> and starts, he ruins karaoke not for everyone. <laughs> I don't know. I really Everyone liked clapping, that part. <laughs> but if they wanted to sing, <laughs> yeah, nobody else knows the words when he starts singing in Asgardian. Yeah. Although I've, I did see on the internet that was uh, Norwegian. So like he was mm-hmm. singing real stuff, and somebody posted a translation, and I have since misplaced that, <laughs> so I can't remember <laughs> what he was saying. <laughs> it was very cool, like to throw that in there. I mean, just for Tom Hiddleston as an actor. Too. I mean, he had a bunch of big moments in this episode, like all over the place from like serious, sadder things when he's like talking about his mother to this like fun sing song Loki <laughs> doing his drunk impression to action Loki. He did his classic Loki dagger flip like, mm-hmm. you know, it was for such a short feeling episode with not a lot going on. There was like a a lot of range for Tom Hiddleston to do as Loki, which was cool. I just wanted more story. I think, I think it felt like the, maybe this episode was like the calm before the storm and next mm-hmm. episode is going to be wild because what, I mean, we're already halfway through, right? So, yeah. So we need the rest of it to be like two hour, two hour episodes, please. <laughs> Just three more movies, please. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's the big buildup is like, how after this, is it going to be enough context for the next, for the Doctor Strange film coming up? Or are we going to get something else that will really kind of connect everything? And now you're ready for Doctor Strange. Mm, you know, I know. I- the only, the only thing left on my list, um, that uh, I, I I took note of that I thought was really interesting because it kind of seems like we're getting this episode by episode is when um, the the older lady in the house calls them both devils. Yeah. So we're, we keep getting that reference. So, I mean, it, it definitely like this would be cr- so cruel at this point if we're not going to get, you know, 
a certain villain in the movie <laughs> as much <laughs> as they keep referencing all of this. If, oh, and the train was called the Ark, which was kind of cool. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, I did think it was funny that like their whole plan was to get to the ship and that didn't work. <laughs> like it just seemed like you know one thing after another they got stranded on this planet then they were going to use it as a power source then they were going to be we got to see loki kind of do that turn again right where like he feels bad that all these people are going to get killed on this planet so he's trying to figure out a way to maybe save some of them a la the end of thor ragnarok um mm-hmm. but then that didn't work out so <laughs> i mean we're i it's... guess we just assume that everyone on the planet died but it gets wild because we're dealing with timelines too, right? I mean, there's not really, if this is part of the core, like, I don't know. What can he really do? Even true uh, that could, we could go deep on that. Cause even if the, all these various timelines are split up and happening, like you've got this planet that's blowing up on its <laughs> like, the, like what could you really do? Like they would, they would have to create like mo- figure out a quick way to get that thing working and create enough doors people run through. Yeah. Yeah. True. And you'd ha- you know, there's no way of telling who you're letting through, right? You could right, be letting right. all the, the rich, terrible people through and not saving the good people. Uh the, this planet is an outworld of Cree. I you know, I thought it was strange Which was interesting. that there weren't any I mean, we didn't even see anyone with a different skin tone. Like no mm-hmm. blue skin or green skin. It was just basic people. And I yeah. was like, oh, that's weird. We're like in space on this far off planet. Like you couldn't give us a couple aliens like mm-hmm. that live on this planet. I don't know. I mean, it, you know, it's probably just a time budget thing. But <laughs> the only other things that I really had about this episode were a couple like fun little throwback callbacks to other Marvel things. Um, we get to see Sylvie attack using her crown or her mm-hmm. horns. Um which was, you know, that was Loki. Loki did that as well. <laughs> Although I feel like his probably hurt a little more because they're like giant <laughs> horns, whereas hers is a little broken thing. Like <laughs> yeah. Um, we do get to see another one of these WandaVision moments where they're talking about what is love. Um, and it kind of mirrors that scene where Wanda and Vision are talking about what is love. Um which I don't know. May, I did. I couldn't really tell if that was just like, here we are watching Loki and mm-hmm. the Enchantress decide what love really is, or if it was a callback to Wandavision. I don't know. Um, yeah. There was one other one. Oh, um, Sylvie's sword is very similar. It is different, but it's very similar to one of the Valkyrie swords. Um, it has as guardian runes on it. It has like the fancy design across it. So in theory, she's as guardian. Right. Again, she's, you know, she said she's been doing this for a year. So there's no telling how long a, that could be, I mean, what's a year, right? If you're running from the time Lords, like how are you keeping track of time for just yourself? You're jumping all over the place, but you know, it's very possible that she just, Maybe she didn't even have powers at the beginning of this year and she ran into a Loki variant or she ran into a Loki somewhere in her time jumping and that's who trained her. There's a thousand different things that Sylvie could 
be that I don't know that will be answered. I mean, maybe it will, but it, it could also, I could also see it just be one of those things that's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, so I thought that was interesting. Also, her crown has the broken horn, which mm-hmm. is a Lady Loki thing, um, which I thought that was cool, but it was like, well, so did you really just mash those two characters together? <laughs> like, you basically have told us now it's Enchantress, but also she dresses like Lady Loki. Will also, by the end, she doesn't have her crown anymore. Who what? Sorry. By the end of the episode, she's lost her crown. Yeah. And was that in the fight? Like, she punched somebody? It had to have been somewhere. Because it was at the very end that I noticed she didn't have it on anymore. Mm-hmm. And I've remembered uh, Tom Hiddleston always saying that Loki wears his horns whenever he's feeling at his most confident and secure. Mm-hmm. And the fact that hers are getting broken down and then disappear shows me that she's losing hope that she's going to be able to do what she wants with the timeline. I mean, that's a really cool connection. I didn't even make that connection. I think that's really, Mm. that's like a deeper meaning to the horns. But I also want to know, like, you know how Loki can just change his outfit whenever. So he can just put his horns on whenever. I wonder if she can do that too, or if enchanting is really her only power. Um, because, I mean, I don't know. I feel like if she was trained by Loki, what Loki taught her one thing and was then like, all right, that's it. That's all you can do. <laughs> but I could also see Loki doing that as a way of being like, you can't be as powerful as me. Here's the one trick that I'll teach you. Worst mentor ever. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it's Yeah, and that, even as we talk about that, I'm just thinking of like uh, WandaVision as well. Um, because if you look in the comics, you know, if you look at that, like which they didn't go this route, but you have Agatha, you know, there's a version where Agatha trains Wanda. Mm-hmm. So you kind of get, you know, it's like, are they going to just do it as more of like a nod for that kind of stuff? Right. If we get to that point. Right. Um, yeah. I was really, so the, the one character actor we haven't seen looks like he's going to be in the next three episodes. So yeah. Okay. Really curious so we're going to like, get a new, you know, you know, Who? new main character, uh, Richard E. Grant. Yes, the one yeah. I think is Old Man Loki. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so curious to see like how <laughs> quick we'll see him in the next episode. If it's going to be, you know, at the end, because what was it four to five that Tom said was like the big one? Yeah, yeah, the he said end of four, end of four going five. into five. Yeah, so jet ski skiing, jet ski scene. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, yeah, that's the, Richard E. Grant's just going to sell them the jet <laughs> As As cool as I think a an old man Loki would be, and I'm pretty sure that you're right and that is who it's going to be, old man Loki to me as a concept doesn't make sense. But also I feel like it's just because they have, haven't done a super great job of explaining how time works in this timeless world. But if there's an old man Loki... But in the prime timeline, Loki is supposed to die after Ragnarok. Then there literally couldn't be an old man Loki unless somehow he became a variant, escaped. And I don't really, again, I don't know how the timeline works. So he would have had to somehow like surpass living the prime timeline. So he's already in the future somehow. And 
moving. I, I just, I, I don't, I don't, the time, the time thing is blowing my mind right now that I feel like they're, <laughs> they keep just doing things, but they're not explaining to me how that affects other things. Like if they go into the future, how does that affect the prime timeline? If a variant just happened in from the prime timeline, like how does the prime timeline work? How does it move? Hmm. Or can no just at any at any moment a variant could just pop up anywhere in the prime timeline from start of time to end of time. <laughs> D- yeah, this is gonna get deep. <laughs> <laughs> and we haven't even talked about the quantum realm. Yeah. Can we get oh, another yeah. Miss Minutes cartoon about how this works? Yes, She's gonna please. have to break it down <laughs> further. <laughs> no, we need uh we need captain america <laughs> like that needs to be like the very the very end of like maybe the last episode is you just see him sit down so you want to know about the timeline <laughs> and he doodles miss minutes and then we're like oh, he's one of the time lords that's how yeah. he did it <laughs> he created miss minutes i'd watch it a mini series miss minutes and the cap this week's episode while i'm not sure it was a whole lot shorter technically it just felt a little bit shorter um Mm -hmm. so we're looking forward to these next three episodes being beefy long exciting action-packed episodes i guess you have any last last notes or anything before we say adieu i had a couple (laughs) yeah yeah go for it well one is staring the dagger scene it reminded me of the dagger scene in Macbeth. Okay. Okay. So in Elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So in Macbeth there's a scene where Macbeth is about to go and murder the king. And whenever he's waiting for his cue, like the all clear for him to go in and stab the king while he's asleep in his room, uh, he has this hallucination that there's a dagger floating in front of him. And he has this entire soliloquy where he's talking to this imaginary dagger and he's questioning whether or not it is real. He's wondering what its purpose is. And to me, the most interesting parallels with the scene that we saw um, is that he's doing this because of witches and magic that have come into his life and told him that he has a destiny to be king. They don't tell him to murder Duncan, of course. Um, But that's the conclusion that he reaches. And what I'm thinking is maybe this uh, metaphor, because, you know, Loki's a big metaphor guy, that he comes up with when he's drunk, isn't so random. Maybe it's a clue, since the imaginary dagger in Macbeth is leading Macbeth on to death and to his own destruction, if maybe it's kind of foreshadowing for this series. And maybe it's connected to Sylvie. Like, maybe Sylvie is not going to survive the season. Ooh. I mean, I like it. I feel like they've introduced... We I'm have an two English main teacher, characters. guys. I look for illusions and everything. <laughs> we have two main characters, and one of them is new. So someone's not going to make it. I mean, I could almost see Sylvie maybe being put in a situation where she sacrifices herself to save variant Loki later. Maybe. Maybe. 
they're uh my other note was about uh the way that they play off each other in this episode i've seen a lot of people posting and saying that they think it's like uh like a sibling kind of dynamic it looked very much to me like flirting mm-hmm. and i'm not sure how i feel about it <laughs> like they have great chemistry i like these two actors together and they're real cute together but at the same time it's kind of him like what level of narcissist is it whenever you're attracted to yourself like literally attracted to yourself well they both so, mentioned how hedonistic they are uh, yes. in this episode and i don't know that disney plus is going to put that into action at all in this show <laughs> please but, don't yeah but i i agree that it is kind of, it's almost like they're trying to make this like a love interest like they're kind of the same but also it is like but they are the same and everyone thinks that she's loki so that's weird <laughs> she understands because she's you yeah but uh, you know in norse mythology loki also birthed a horse a snake um couple giants he's got a weird you know, yeah he's got a he's weird he's got <laughs> he's got his weird half zombie daughter he's got the world snake he's got the werewolf yeah he's got, got his two regular babies and he's got his eight-legged horse baby yep yeah so it's not it's not out of the realm of it's flexibility <laughs> well luke you have anything else Nothing else for me. I'm just trying my best not to go deep onto the whole like uh, Richard E. Grant theories <laughs> that have been floating around because there is no telling what we're going to see. Well, what's your favorite one? Um, The favorite one that I've seen is that um, essentially, yeah, he's old man Loki, but he figured out a way to get above the timekeepers. So... Loki is actually controlling the TBA. Mm. And the goal is like not so much to get to the timekeepers, but it's going to have to get to, they're going to basically have to fight Loki. They're going to have to stop Loki. That would be cool. You know, yeah. that well, would be interesting. I'm going to one up. Or that. they, or, or do they going to, are they going to go like a, a Spider-Man approach? Right. So you, so we're seeing Loki, like, like we referenced in this, you know, at the end, He's trying to be more heroic. You know, this planet's blowing up. There are people here like you just want to help people. And you were seeing that. So is Loki going to become like the good version? And Richard E. Grant is just basically the complete opposite. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to I'm going to climb onto the Loki made it above them. But instead of above them, I think Loki. My hot take, I think Loki kills one of the timekeepers and transformed into his image and has mm. taken on that role. And so whenever Loki and Sylvie finally get to meet the timekeepers, something's going to happen and one of them is going to de-illusion and it's going to be old man Loki and we're going to be like, whoa. whoa. So like same vein, like he's in, you know, that he's would be controlling the TVA, but uh, I think that... How do you... I, I'm I'm guessing that the the timekeepers are always together though. True. So like, how would you do that? But I just feel like we've seen so many, like statues of them and paintings yeah. of them and pictures of them that it's like they really want us to know who they are and what they look like. So I feel yeah. like maybe that's leading to a a surprise twist that one of them right. is actually this older version of Loki. 
Would or it be, maybe there I, aren't any of them, and it's just Renslayer. <gasps> yeah, it could be that. Ooh. That would be interesting. <laughs> she made all the statues. She just like, they're like... <laughs> And that's Carbon a great point. Out. Like Rin, Rinslayer's still like on on my radar because I'm just like, are you good or are you bad? Like I gotta know. Yeah, like, what's what's your mo? Like what's what's this gonna lead up to? But if you look, you know, going into timekeepers real quick, it's like I kind of view it as like past, present, future. So like they're setting it up to where it seems like they're probably always together because they're trying to keep the time the core timeline moving in the right path, but. Mm-hmm. They probably each have their own unique roles, so it could just be like they're kind of separated, but one's focusing on the past, one's on the present, one's on the future. That would make sense. I mean, three is and a pretty if straightforward number. Loki knows already that he's going to essentially die and has no future. Yeah, who would he try to take over? Future, right? Because then you could change the future, maybe. Maybe, but also, is or it the can... past? Because he died in the past. Yeah. Time's irrelevant. <laughs> it doesn't exist in this universe. Right. If you want more fun Agents of Mace content, go check out our new Patreon. It will be linked in the description of this episode. Um, we are going to be doing some extra content for Patreon subscribers, like bonus episodes fun videos uh we are going to be posting a really cool video that elisa did this week uh we'll be posting that on our social so go follow us on social if you don't already and if you want bonus content go join our patreon i don't know how to say that i'm still kind of new to patreon (laughs) um but definitely check back next week like I said, we've only got three episodes left, so stuff is going to start happening, and it's going to start happening fast. We're going to make sure to stay one step ahead of Loki and this fake timeline. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we hope at least. All right, well, join us next week when we break down episode four and blow up our minds even more, because <laughs> who knows how time works. <laughs> Thanks for listening. See you guys next week. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.